Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Spurs News Podcast, also known as Therapy for All Tottenham Fans this week. <laughs> this week's a special edition because I'm not just joined by Matt, I'm not just joined by Dan, I'm joined by both of you guys. So, Matt, say hello first. Hello. Dan, say hello second. Hi. There we go, we're all three of us here. How are you doing, guys? Good. Yeah, not bad, not well. Could be better. <laughs> Well, I, I think there's only one way we can start the show this week, and that's, you know, talking about all things Tottenham. <laughs> so, it's not been the best week or so. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> My word, you think people had died, though, wouldn't you? Looking at all the social media reaction... It's incredible, is it just me? It? No, it is, it is absolutely incredible, isn't it? I, I just... Um, look, I'm not going to paint gloss over it. We, are, we have had a bad week, or a bad couple of weeks, but blimey, it, you know, <laughs> they're just the complete... On social media, you know, it, it's just incredible just what levels people are going to, to how much of a crisis yeah. this is, you know? Yeah, it's big. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I I genuinely do feel there are some problems, and we'll discuss it now as we go through. But uh, I kind of took a step back last night and just read through some of the stuff people were saying. I was thinking, I worry about some of these people. I genuinely like, you know, if you if you got not nothing else in your lives, because the way you're talking is like you're you're ready to jump right now. I mean. I'm I'm concerned, you know. I've got a career, I've got a kid, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm upset about it, and I'm I'm wondering what's going on. But I'm not quite to the level some of these people are, and I'm I'm sort of trying to balance it. Um, now, I mean, me and you, Matt, have just sort of said that. But Dan, I mean, how are you doing? Well, uh, yeah, I think you guys know I was on holiday last week. Um, you were. So I was like quite looking forward to going to see like the match and you know like the classic Brit abroad. I'd found like a, a sports bar and uh, I sat down and within obviously like two minutes of like starting to watch the match, I thought, God, it's it's going to be one of those days. And I mean to say like it put a spoiler on my holiday is probably an understatement. I think I was probably li- like livid uh, and probably unlivable as well. Like. I was going to say it's the Liverpool game you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Obviously, I, I came back as well. Uh, yeah, uh, Monday. So, like a day later, we got into, and it's just exactly the same thing. But yeah, <laughs> the life of yeah, a, so, a Spurs fan, I think. Well, it, it's the life of a Spurs fan that all of us were kind of almost forgetting. You know, it's, it's this. We were kind of in this place for the last few years where, yeah, we might lose a stupid game or draw a stupid game, but generally we bounced back pretty quick. We very rarely in the last few years have had a run like this. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, I don't want to step on Matt if you're saying this in the stats later, but it's well known, been well documented. This is the first time under Pochettino we've lost three games in a row. Yeah, no, I haven't got that in the stats, but I've I oh, heard good. about it. Yeah, it's. It, I think that's the thing, isn't it? We he set such a a standard for us now that yeah. you know three defeats in a, on the spin. He's just sending everyone into a complete and utter meltdown. 
It is, yeah. I mean, uh, you you think back a few years ago, three defeats on the spin was yeah, that's that's pretty standard. Yeah. Oh look, we we scored a goal though. Yeah, come on, <laughs> our corner counts up. Let's clutch onto that, people. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're gonna run through. We got a lot to go through today in the show. Um, obviously, it's been two games since we last spoke, uh, so we're gonna touch on both of those, possibly. Not in massive detail, because let's face it, the majority of us watch them and we don't necessarily want to relive them. Um, But we are going to go through it. We've also got a segment on our players out on loan. Uh, We've got Matt's stats, of course, for all the big fans of that. We've got uh, questions and things from our Facebook page. So I'm going to start us off uh, chatting about the Intergame. So that's the most recent. Um, I... Genuinely, Pochettino afterwards said he felt that was one of our better performances of the season. And people, when they were seriously angry last night, lost it over that. And I kind of get it. I think in that particular moment, no one was going to be rational in in seeing that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I mean, Matt, I know uh, you didn't see the game. Uh, but Dan, I mean, there was an element in that game... Where just after half time, uh, up until that worldly of a goal equaliser, which there was just nothing anyone could do, I felt that was actually the best segment, we, the best we've looked from when Ericsson scored to when they scored so far this season. What did you think? Well, I think you're right. Um, what I'd say is you've sort of bypassed the first sort of 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes of the match where yeah. we, we were awful. We couldn't get into the swing of the game. Uh, for much part, it looked like the same sort of performance that, that we'd seen against Liverpool, where passes just weren't being made, that we have been intercepted. It wasn't the same Tottenham that we were used to. Um, but I think we grew into the game, which was a good sign. Um, yeah. And like you said, that, that sort of period between end of the first half, um, midpoint through the se- second half, I thought we were fantastic. Uh, we got our yeah. we got our A game back. We look like the team that has played so well in the past couple of seasons. And it, you know, for for much of that second half, I felt like we were going to win. And if you, uh, yeah. I don't know, what channel were you watching it on? Uh, BT Sport. Yeah, I think I think I was too. Is that Robbie Savage was commentating on on that one? Yeah, yeah. and he kept going on about how it was game over. Exactly. Exactly. And to be honest. I mean, as a fan, I was thinking the same. I, I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, with, there's only going to be one team that, that's controlling this game that deserves to win. Yep. Um, but yeah, the more and more he said that Pochettino's never lost three games in a row and how it didn't look like he was going to lose this one. He's obviously not a Tottenham fan because... No, no. It was, I, I said afterwards, and that that game is a reason why Spurs fans 3-0 up, 94th minute, the referee puts his whistle to his lips, are still nervous until they actually hear the whistle come out. It, um, it just, it was similar to Watford, really, where, um, but the Watford performance for me was actually worse in a lot of ways. We didn't look like really creating an opening at Watford. If it hadn't been for that drilled cross in an own goal, you know, we, we didn't really do much. Against Inter, um, we were really opening them up at times. Lucas Moura coming on against tired legs was a great move for me. Um, he made the their defenders look absolutely ridiculous several times. Uh, a little bit worrying for me uh, from his point of view is that he doesn't seem to be able to find either the right shot or the pass when he does that. It, 
it felt a little bit like he was doing everything right up until the final moment. Um, but yeah, it, as as a game, you're quite right. The way it started, uh, it felt like Liverpool all over again. Uh, Eric Dyer, I want to kind of highlight because I'm a big fan of Eric Dyer. I believe his tactical awareness on the pitch is brilliant. But for whatever reason, uh, me and Dan, we talked about it when it was us uh, chatting. He always seems to hit a pass, like under hit or something in every game, at least one. Against Liverpool and against Inter, he was doing it on a regular basis. You know, every pass seemed to be under hit or over hit. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, Matt, you obviously watched the Liverpool game. I can tell you that the the beginning against Inter was very similar. Yeah, sure. Can you you think of any reason why the players are like that? I I, I was trying to work out, is is it nerves? Is it anxiety? Because things aren't going right at the minute? I I don't know. It was really weird because... You know, like last season I was at the uh, Liverpool game, and I know you know every season's different, so you can't you can't sort of directly compare see, you know performances to you know seasons. But you know we we beat them four one last season, and we was one two yeah. above twelve minutes, and it was just incredible. You know we was we was alive. Like Liverpool just just did not know what to do. They were just completely bamboozled from the first minute. But this yeah. game it reminded me a lot of the um, the Man City game last season that I watched at Wembley. Yeah. It it was it was almost as if they were like you know we're playing Liverpool here guys like you know that we we're over, a bit overawed by them you know and why you know like toe to toe we could we could have easily beat them but it, I, see I, I've I've been saying my my thoughts and I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast as well is I, I think because we've had this kind of odd pre-season with a lot of our players like I you know the fact that they, they was in they was playing the World Cup you know literally a few weeks before the season started and they didn't get to play any pre-season games or have a proper pre-season I think it's kind of having this effect like, I think that's what it might be I mean I, I can't like, we, we normally start season strongly don't we you know it's, like, especially under Pochettino but we just seem to be I, I just can't put my finger on it like you say with Ericsson um, like, you know Ericsson's a fantastic player but he was I, w- I was watching some of his passing it was dreadful and that's just not the Ericsson I know you know yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we start season strongly. Uh, you know, we we always seem to, you know, this still ridiculously is our best points total on the block after yeah. so many games. Um, but we 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 generally hit our stride now. You know, yeah. generally yeah. right now, uh, September is when Kane bangs in a hatful. Uh, we, you know, we win games, and so. It's it's strange, and I mean, Dan, I don't know about you. Do you have any theories as to why the team just look lost at the minute? Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't really want to sugarcoat it too much. Um, I think individual players aren't performing. Um, yeah. So you've mentioned Dyer. Like I say, you know, we, 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 I don't want to you know sugarcoat it, but he's been terrible. He's been absolutely awful um, since the start of the season. I mean, Vaughan's coming for a lot of criticism, which is is harsh in the fact that he's had very few games to sort of get up to speed. But at the same time, as a as a second choice goalkeeper, that that's the life. You know, you're going to come in for the odd game, and when you come in, you have to impress. And he hasn't. Um, I'll come on to that with, with Liverpool, I think. Um, defensively, I don't think Ben Davis has been at it, which is why Danny Rose has been getting a chance. Um, if you look at the goal that Inter scored, the Icardi goal, absolutely phenomenal. But it was, yeah. it was picked up in the punditry by uh, Glenn Hoddle that 
he he didn't track back. He he was the one that I think he got fouled further up the pitch, and rather than sprinting back and getting up, he he, he was sort of labouring back, basically uh, arguing that it should have yeah. been a foul or whatever. Um, and that that allowed Ikari the space, and and I mean it was a phenomenal strike, but. You know, had had he been concentrating and, and been on his game, yeah. he, he might have been I mean, back. I, I said it last night. Yeah, it's a phenomenal strike, but if the play, he should have been closed down. You know, it's criminal Champions League. You don't give any striker. You know, if that was Ronaldo, Messi, you you give them that space at that particular area, they're going to score. And Icardi clearly is a clinical, very very talented player. You know, Harry Kane never got given that space anywhere near their box all night. Um, and that's because they know that if you give Harry that yard to get it out of his feet, he can smash it past your keeper. Mm. So, yeah, I, I was like you on that. I, you know, wonder, world-class strike. I don't think Vaughan could have done anything about it. No, no. But, but the defenders definitely should have done more. The, um, the other... Matt, oh, sorry. No, sorry, yeah. sorry mate. No, I, I, just, I just want to pick up on one thing you pointed out there. Uh, and bring Matt back in on what you said, because you were talking about pre-season and talking about the players at the World Cup and stuff like that. The problem that I'm seeing isn't just limited to those players, though, because Ben Davis has had a full pre-season. He's played in pre-season games. He didn't go to the World Cup, and he looks just like everybody else in this kind of malaise and, you know, no form. None of them seem to have any... You know, and it must be so. To me, looking at it, it's like a a bigger issue. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's it's honestly, Sam. It's just me trying to work out what it is because I, I, yeah. I find it. And I know you know saying about the strong start of the season. Fair enough. You know, we don't. You know, we normally sort of pick up now. But I've never yeah. kind of. I think probably what I was trying to say was I never for the last few seasons I've never started a season after this amount of games and been worried. You know, so this yeah. kind of um, we've you know we've not. With points, you know, to, to honestly, it's irrelevant. It's just how I feel we're playing. I've, I've, I felt like, you know, last season, for example, um, you know, we had some silly draws, didn't we, against Swansea and Burnley. Yeah. But I still felt confident that we was going to have a good season because we seem to be playing all right, you know. But I, I like, it, it, it's, you just can't put your finger on it, can you? They just, they don't seem no. this, this, this something wrong there, isn't there? If something feels wrong with the squad at the moment, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, sorry, Dan, I interrupted you, mate. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not just limited to the, the couple of players I've mentioned there. Um, I think Ericsson's been particularly uh, basically absent in games. He, I mean, he's always been a bit of a drifter, where, he, you yeah. know, some days he takes the, the game by the scruff of the neck and, and will influence the game throughout. But in general, he sort of comes and goes, um, which is obviously, you know, he, he's the man that makes us tick. I didn't really see that in, in either of the past few games. Um, Harry Kane's the big one as well. You, you really can't... People have got their, their favourite players, and Harry Kane's definitely one of them, but he's coming in for criticism, and, and rightly so. I, I don't know if it's if it's down to him. I don't know if he needs to be sort of saved from himself and just be dropped for a few games, because to me, he, he looks he looks too tired, too jaded. Everything he does seems to be laborious. Um if you look at the intermatch, I think it was in the first half towards the end, he a brilliant control from an Ericsson pass, 
went round yeah. the keeper and it was on his left and it would have been a hard chance or whatever but again yeah. maybe it was just a heavy touch maybe he didn't have confidence something wasn't right there and you know you'd see in previous seasons it, it had buried that chance and we'd be we'd be one nil up going to half time yeah um, I agree you know that, that... I, th- I think did you notice as well afterwards he kind of took it past the keeper like I said, uh, I think I messaged you last night. Normally last year, you'd just seen him take that one with his left straight away. Yeah. But then when he stopped, like like you said, whether it was a miscontrol or the ball, whatever, he was hopping on the spot for a minute. Yeah. And I was genuinely worried in that moment of, oh no, don't tell me he's just gone over on his ankle or something. Yeah. Now, now, he played on, but to me it screams like he's not confident in his ankle. Does that make sense? You know, the way he kind of stopped, the way he didn't, throw himself at it like he would have done last year yeah he he almost pulled up didn't he yeah just after that chance I mean the issue and it's been the same for the past few years is who comes in to replace him now personally I I think with Sonny coming back and Lucas being in quite good form and to some extent Lamella as well last night was was very good I thought um, yep. I think those three could could form a you know a front three much similar to sort of the way that Liverpool play, um, because Firmino, Salah, and Mane, none of them are, are like the traditional striker that someone like Harry Kane is, but they work so well together. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see yes. something like that happen with with Kane possibly sitting out for just a couple of weeks. Um, I still think yeah. it's ludicrous that he was taken to internationals the other week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I um the Inter game. I mean, look, I don't want to bang on about it too much. You know, we we've gone over it. We we can all see something weird or something's going on. Uh, the players, you can sense that they, you know, the Ericsson goal was was a bit messy. You know, it was like a second rebound attempt. The keeper tried to keep out and didn't. And sometimes you kind of feel like, you know, you just need one to go off a shin or like an ass cheek or something just <laughs> just to make everyone feel better. Um, so when that went in last night and we started really playing, I was I was thinking to myself, ah, you know, finally they're they're relaxing a bit. Clearly, just the tension of not been playing well's got to them, and now now they can really you know play well. Um, and, and we did for for the next however long. We not only played well and created chances, we were actually dictating the tempo of the game. Inter looked tired. Um, when we were knocking the ball around, you know, you were getting olays from the away fans at the San Siro. Um, but, you know, goals change games. And when you don't take your chances at any level, it's going to bite you in the ass. And I just felt that last night was just another classic example. Um, to try and find positives then from last night, if I can find any at all, it's Lamella... I think made a real impact when he came on against Liverpool and starting a game is always different and I think he played very well from the start. Um I think Lucas Moura coming on as an impact was was good. I think he made the impact that you'd want anyone to, from the bench. I can't really find anything else. I thought um, I thought Ori had a good game. Do you know what? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, uh, Serge Aurier. Not at all. Um, I, it was a player I didn't think we needed to sign. I was. I was very big on us promoting Carl Walker Peters, and going into this season, I even said, you know, sell Serge, promote Kyle. I don't think it's worked. 
Last night was the first game of the season. I thought he looked really good defensively going forward. Uh, I think a run of games, if he gets them, will do him the world of good. I think if I was Kieran Trippier, I wouldn't... You know, he's got real competition there again now, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's one last thing I want to touch on, and then we'll move on from the inter-game. Uh, again, Matt, I know you sort of missed this, but you'll you'll find this a bit boggling as well. <laughs> Kane in the second half was a passenger. Um, when we brought Lucas Moore on especially, the way that Kane seems to have to play, whether it be tactically or whether Kane's just doing this because it got so ingrained in him with England, I don't know. He's dropping deep. And if he ever picks up the ball, he's got a player kicking lumps out of him with his back to the goal around our ha- around the halfway line. It's just not where you need Harry Kane playing because it's just not going to be any danger. If he does manage to hold the ball up well, which he does at times, does it really well and gets a pass away. Uh, you know, you want Lucas running into space, etc. I, it's gone to one one now, and. The boss has taken off Harry and brought on Danny Rose. We had Wanyam on the bench. We had Lorente on the bench, who could have come on earlier for Kane. Uh, Dan, the substitutions in general. I feel Lamella going off actually really hurt us because the guy... I see people say on our Facebook page he's a headless chicken. What they don't realise is he's running around just constantly pressurising people. Well, <laughs> um, do, you, do you know what's interesting? I think I think you're right. I think the man was was great throughout the match, and that that constant pressure gets praised so much for for other players. Um, yeah. Now with him, he, he's he's doing it, and he runs himself into the ground. That's that's what we fans that that actually like Lamella love about him. Yeah. Uh, really? that, that that work rate. What was interesting as well, at half time they pointed out that much like he said about Hurricane dropping deeper, the furthest yeah. player up the pitch was Lamella. Was Lamella. Yeah. 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 Which is you know just weird. It it is odd but I think that's always been the case with Hurricane. Um I think the England sort of setup was built around him dropping deeper in the World Cup. And I, I don't know if yeah. he's he's adapting that as part of his game. Um, but he's always sort of been found drifting to the wings, dropping deep, going long. Well, you know, he's got a bit of everything to his game, but I do think he's sort of shying away from, from getting in the danger areas where you need him. Um, yeah. Now, the substitution to take him off, it, I mean, it came just after they scored, and it was yep. basically signified our team to just defend, defend, defend. Yep. And it was just cross after cross after cross. And knowing how bad we've been at set pieces this year... You know, it was it, it, it was painful to watch. It was no surprise that we did concede a goal from a corner in the end. Yep, yeah, I it was painful to watch. Um, look, let, let's draw a line under the inter game. Um, I think we've managed to depress everyone for the opening twenty minutes of this. So let's try and cheer everybody up, Matt. What do you say? Yeah, let's do match stats. Now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Right, so what I thought I'd try to do is just put everything into a little bit of perspective. That's all I'm going to do, okay? I don't want any <laughs> anger. I know, you know, we, like we, I alluded to it earlier in the, in the podcast, but 
you know, the, with with the with the comments that we've been getting on social media, it's just unbelievable. Like you know, Pochow, every yeah. I think every player individually by one fan or another has said that this person needs to be dropped and and sold. <laughs> yeah, I got I got called a deluded. Um, uh, let's use the word fluffy instead of a, another word that he used a lot. I was a deluded, fluffy moron who should go and fluffy myself. There you go. Uh, and, and, that, and, and the reason I was called that is because I said I actually felt Lamella had a good game. There you go. Which is what I said. Let's have some stats to bring us joy, my come friend. On, let's bring us some joy. So this, this, these stats are going to be called It's a Marathon and Not a Sprint. So <laughs> on Saturday, we've got Brighton. Okay. Now, if we beat Brighton, and I know it's a big if because the way we're playing at the moment, but if we do beat them, we'll be on 12 points after six games. Now, last season, we finished comfortably third, didn't we? And, you know, yeah. I, again, I allude to this previously. People will say, oh, yeah, it's third. It's not... We, we want to win it, but you know, I'm I'm happy with a, with a third place. I'd be happy with a higher one, but I'd like a third. Right, okay? right now, now every yeah, Tottenham fan it. would take third. There you go. Okay. Right? <laughs> so, so we last season we had 11 points after six games. So, if we win on Saturday, we've got a point more than we did at this point last season, and yeah. uh, you know, we, we we finished on 77 points last season. Now, I had to look through through the history of the Premier League. Man United won the league, and I bearing in mind, okay, this is when Man United were basically the only team I think that could win it with 75 points. Now, what's to say that you know there's a chance we can? I'm not saying we're going to, but it's it's five games in, you know, it's it's a it's a marathon, so, not a sprint. So, sorry to interrupt you a minute because I can feel Dan's head exploding. <laughs> um, just 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 to clarify, you're saying that we could still win the league this season? I'm not going to say we can win the league. I'm just saying that the it's season's possible. not over. After five games. Matt, I'm starting to think you're a deluded, fluffy... <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, you, you, you rock on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, 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 screw it. Everyone else is going to have their collapse now, and we're going to rock it. Yeah. Someone's going to have a collapse. Every, every team has a little blip somewhere through the season, and unfortunately our one seems to be coming a little bit early this season. Yeah. So, um, again, I was looking through the sort of the history of the, uh, the Premier League, and in the Looking at where we are now, okay. So back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, it was a season where it was started with Glenn Hoddle as manager, and I think he got sacked after about four or five games and got replaced by David Pleat. But we finished fourteenth, okay, and we lost nineteen league games in that season, okay. Now, if you look at where we are now, okay, we lost we lost uh, at the at, at the weekend, didn't we? Okay, so that was that was. Um, over the last three seasons that, that we've had, that would have been our 19th de- defeat since the beginning of of season 2015-16. So we've lost the same amount in over three seasons than we lost in that just that one. Okay, so it puts into a bit of perspective that we're not as bad as we used to be by quite a long stretch. Okay. It was actually. Dan, you all right? I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to it, and I'm I'm nodding my head because you know I think someone else might have said this. It might have been you, Matt, um, when we're talking a different day. You know, three five years ago, we'd have taken where we are now, playing against yeah. Inter Milan in, in in the San Siro, and and you know, for much of the, the game being the better team and, and narrowly losing. Um, I think you also said, when was the last time that we won three games in a row at the start of the season? 
When was the last time we beat Man United 3-0 away from home? You know, we are still a force to be reckoned with. It's just that we are going through what, what I'd call a blip. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree Bloody hell, that was positive. <laughs> Dan, is that you? Uh, I don't, Dan, uh, it's yeah. it's Matt. He's he's, he's rubbed off on me. <laughs> there you go. It's working. Hey, don't don't spread those rumours. Bloody hell! <laughs> he, he, he keep that to himself, <laughs> So yeah, there it you just, go. It just the puts... tone has been lowered. Right, carry on. <laughs> it just puts it in a little bit of perspective, isn't it? You know, don't get me wrong. I know, like the, the two thousand three, two thousand four seasons, a long time ago. You know, it's many moons ago, but. It's it's just a kind of marker, you know, of where we are. That you know, we we lost nineteen league games in that one season, and we've now lost nineteen in over three seasons. You know, we, we we're 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 a good team, a very good team, and we're just having a little bit of a a poor start. And you know, I, I know we alluded to alluded to it when we were talking about the, the game early, the Inter Milan game earlier. But you know, we, we, we're gonna you know th- things that things don't seem right. But you know, say we we play bright and and you know, we, we could wallop them and then that could just be the spark we need to, to get the season going you, you don't know it, it's funny how football works isn't it that it just it, maybe we just need that I mean I was hoping the Man United game would do that but obviously that's kind of had the reverse effect but this might be you know we might go to Brighton we we, we, we struggled there last season so if we can go there get a very good result then hopefully we can kick on from there and that we can forget about this kind of this poor uh, period we're going through at the moment do you know um, what the result was at Brighton last year? I honestly can't remember. Yeah, it was it was one all. We um, Kane scored, didn't he? And then um, a couple of minutes later, your your friend Aurier uh, gave away a penalty, and it was ended up one all. And it, oh, it was oh yeah, that's it, yeah, I remember it now. <laughs> it was actually fun, funny enough uh, as well. It was it was in April last year, and do you remember we was kind of we we wasn't sure whether we was going to qualify for the Champions League, and we was having a few iffy results, and it was the end of the world, wasn't it? As far as fans on social media yeah. you know that's it we're going to yeah. end up fifth or sixth and we comfortably finish third you know so it, 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 you can't it, it's hard to get across but I, I, it's one of those things with with, with football isn't it that you, you can't judge you can't judge a season or you can't judge your team and write things off over such a short no. amount of games you know it's it is, it, it's ridiculous really it is better to have a really crap period right now and fix it than yeah. it would be to have this come March, April time when it cup competitions are heating up, the league places are being decided. Mm. Just to completely lose it then would be criminal. Yeah. If we can kick on from here, you know, it almost feels like they need to get angry, you know, just just like snap, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. perhaps we need to play Chelsea at the bridge and kick crap out of them or something. Just. Just generally get some anger back. Just get some drive and passion back. Because my biggest concern isn't the results. It's the fact they look like they don't care. Yeah. Which has never happened under Pock for me. Not once have I ever said... Well, possibly when he first started and we had he had to deal with the squad he had. But since it became his team with his players, I've never seen us look like this. And that's that's... The concern for me, and I'm, I realise I'm now crapping on you positivity are. stat time. Yeah. Sorry, I'll shut up. They look great. It's all good. <laughs> mm. yeah. I've, got, I've, I've got one more as well, just a quick one, uh, yeah. to put a bit of perspective on Harry Kane as well. And again, I know um, we were speaking about, and Dan was saying about how he needs a rest, and we probably all agree with that, you know. And yeah. th- th- It's been alluded to that he's got two um, 
two small children, and he's you know he hasn't stopped, has he? And you you yeah. can see he can see he's tired, but just to give a bit of perspective on him, so it's quite famous that he doesn't normally score in August, but he has this season as he scored two goals. Now, if you go back uh, to the last couple of seasons and include this one, so he, he, or the last three seasons, sorry, so he scored thirty league goals last season, twenty nine the season before, and twenty five the season before that. Now, yeah. this on this date. On the 19th of September, in those past three seasons, he'd scored two goals last season, two goals the season before, and no goals the the, the, the season three three years ago. Yeah. So he's on he's on a path, you know it, how much yeah. he normally scores. I, so I am um, I said this, um, and er, ever since I said it, I've regretted it. So some jackass on Twitter tweeted out. What if the curse has been reversed and now he only <laughs> scores in August? <laughs> now I said that and we all laughed. We were all like, oh, 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 what a stupid thing that is. We just smashed Man United 3 0. Seriously, now I am getting worried. He needs to score or at least look like he's going to score because I'm terrified. <laughs> Dan, can and we whoever just... tweeted that, I will find him. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I think we need to gag Sam because he's really spoiling my positivity uh, on these stats. I know. I mean, I, I've been so positive as well, but just just on on this sort of topic, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to sort of uh, move away. Um, what does everybody think to Pochettino and, uh, and what he's been saying, particularly after matches? I, I know we've had three defeats on a bounce, but. Something's not right there, and yeah. what I've been reading a lot on social media, and quite rightly, is if someone like Jose Mourinho had been saying the sort of things that Pochettino's saying, people would be going crazy, or, or you know, the media would be running with it, and, and you know, because yeah. some of the things he's saying are quite bizarre. He was, he was talking about cows and sheep or something the other day. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 the cows thing, okay? I'm, I'm going to address this, because I think it's a little bit unfair. Um, when that's written down, the the whole expression over cows and what they do, it looks ridiculous and absolutely bizarre. But apparently in Argentina, it's kind of a like a fable, like an expression or something you'd say. And when it's translated into English, you've got a room of journalists looking at him like, okay, <laughs> he snapped. <laughs> um, yeah, he's lost it. But basically the expression is that if you don't learn from your experience then it's pointless going through it so what he was trying to say is a cow can watch a train go past at the same time every single day but the cow will still not learn that because the cow is not capable of learning that mm. that's that's the kind of expression what he was saying is footballers the the question he was asked is does the experience of playing in the champions league last year against juventus etc help the team and he was saying experience only helps if you learn from it yeah. that's what the whole expression is and i think he realized that him saying that you know explaining it looking around the room i think he was like yeah no none of you know that saying do you None of, I, I can tell I can see by the looks in your faces uh, there's just like one Argentinian reporter going yep totally makes sense why does everyone look so lost um, so yeah I, you've got to remember English isn't his first language um, it wasn't quite the Cantona Seagulls thing which everyone's comparing it with because Cantona I think generally was just at this stage of I'm going to say some made up crap and just see if people run with it because I'm Cantona and it's funny yeah. I can 
I mean, a bit like when the Beatles wrote Yellow Submarine. I swear that was just they were tripped out their face and they thought, right now we're so hot we can write any crap and people are going to buy it. Let's try it. <laughs> the other thing um, as but, well. Sorry, yeah, go on. Post into Milan, I think you'd alluded to it. Um, he really did snap in a, in the post match. He did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and you're absolutely spot on. And it is actually the post-match stuff which is a little bit more concerning for me um i mean pox swore at a reporter um it just you you can sense he's under real pressure and i wonder if the real pressure is because of he just can't work out why the team's not doing what he what he's expecting you know you see him on the sidelines sitting on the bench you know every shot of him he has that look almost like us as fans at the moment of watching him like what's going on yeah <laughs> you know mm. we it's the same guys i know we're doing all the things that we've done in training all week you're all and yet what's going on and and it's quite possible you know this is the first time he's experienced this it, you know where he's trying to work out and he has to work out he has to learn how to overcome it uh, i said it it feels like you just need like a a goal to go in off a shin or an ash sheet for it to turn around mm. and for a brief time last night it did and i think if we'd have got over the line last night with a win that could have been it. It could have really kicked off. And like you said, Matt, if we managed to go to Brighton and win, even if it's a scrappy win of any kind, I think that could help the players, you know, the pressure come off their shoulders a little bit and just everyone get back into it. But uh, Yeah, I think what, it's... Sorry, Sam. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I just want to finish on what Dan said, which is you're absolutely spot on. His comments in his kind of his abrasive attitude, um, Toby Alderweireld and Kieran Trippier were left behind. He said technical issues, and then when the press were like, "Well, what does that mean?" He said, "Well, look it up." And and you know that's not him. You know, really, in the past, he's always been so kind of relaxed and chatty, to the point almost at times you wish he wasn't so relaxed and chatty because he alluded to things that we all go, "Oh, maybe you shouldn't have brought that up." But it would appear that the technical issues, despite all of the rumours of the two of them having a punch up, which I thought was just the best rumour ever by the way um, and I'd like to know who won, Toby and Kieran in a fight, I, I don't know I'd, Kieran looks pretty angry to me I think he'd take his head off but um, or at least mess his hair up which wouldn't go down well I I genuinely, uh, a reporter uh, a reporter called Alistair Gold uh, for Football London did a write up and when I read the write up because uh, the reporters, you know, after the press conference some of them get some time with Pock and you know, ask a couple of follow up questions and his write up basically was alluding to the fact that Pochettino feels that he's damned if he does damned if he doesn't on certain things so if he was to say oh, Toby and Kieran are staying behind because I'm resting them then that says the surge and Davinson Sanchez, your second choice. You know, I'm resting them and I'm bringing in my reserves. It also says to the whole team and the fans, he's not taking Inter Milan in the Champions League seriously because he's resting players. But he's possibly got sports scientists and physios saying, you've got to rest them. You know, these two are, you know, they're really struggling with muscle. You know, they could pull this. You think about Toby's hamstring. He's had two seasons, two very serious hamstring injuries. He's just played the World Cup without a preseason. They've got to manage these players, and only Pock and his team know the data they've got from the physios. So the other thing as well is if he's left them behind because he's decided, 
that, you know, I just don't think that those two are in form at the moment. Do you say that to the players? Do you announce that to the press? Oh, I've dropped them too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, it could shatter the little bit of confidence. You know, if they're both struggling to find their feet at the moment, that could shatter their confidence. Yeah, so he, he, it's like he's made a decision now where when it comes to press conferences, he's not going to give anything away. He's going to say, oh, uh, that's a tactical decision. That's a technical decision. That's, you know because I like cows watching trains. You know, he's just going to try and bat everything away. And because that's so different to how he normally is, the press are really jumping on it, because it's kind of like, why, you know, why is Pock being like that now? That makes no sense. Do do you know what, as well, Sam, I was going to say, with the the press conferences as well, when I... um... So my, my wife and I occasionally play Scrabble, right? and she's far more intelligent than I am. But I beat her every time. <laughs> now, if you if you did a press conference after a game of Scrabble between my wife and I, just my wife, it wouldn't be pleasant because <laughs> no. she's a very sore loser. And a, and a lot of obviously, I, I like the sound of her more and more. <laughs> I just, just just letting you know that. <laughs> but you got you, you look at you look at Mourinho after the after we beat them three 0 you, yeah. the, uh, real winners, and I know he's not done much recently, but he, you know, he's no, the pedigree. No, got right. real you're winners right. are the sorest of losers, you know. So yeah. I'm hoping it's 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 that an element of that's coming to it as well, you know. Yeah, I'm I, I'm a awful awful, and I got I'm going to admit this. My ten year old daughter has inherited. She's a cow. If she loses <laughs> anything, and like she goes like the, the, she, I'm really proud of her. I'm going to say this on the podcast. Her school didn't have a football team that girls could play in, so she kicked off and petitioned and petitioned. They've got their first ever girls football match today, and she's playing in it. Awesome. If they lose, she's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I, I know what she's like. And she's like, oh, well, we haven't had a proper practice or anything, and we don't know our positions really. I'm like, well, you do realise you might lose then. And she's just looking at me. I'm like, but obviously I don't think you will because you're great, you know. But, <laughs> oh, my word, she's going to be a nightmare. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to finish that point, Dan, you're absolutely right. It is concerning to me as well that he seems off as well as the players. Um, you know, isn't if the players were just completely out of form, you could, like Matt said, you could just say, well, look, they've not played together enough and they're going to play themselves into it. But the fact that Pock seems really off as well, it feels like behind the scenes at the club, there are problems. You know, it feels like there are issues. And that, I think, is what everybody, the fans are sensing. And I think that's what, you know causing people to flip out and freak out and just generally get really worried uh, as much as i'm possibly going to regret this uh dan would you like to talk through a few things from the liverpool game <laughs> not particularly but uh I'll, I'll... <laughs> okay we'll move on. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, i'll give it a go um in general like i say uh, uh you know i was on holiday i'd sat down in this sports bar and uh Next, next to me was a, a Liverpool fan. Um, oh God! He was big Mo Salah fan. Yeah, Mo Salah. I just wanted yeah. you to say that to be honest. He wasn't, he wasn't that big a fan. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, within like a minute, they'd had the ball in the back of their net, hadn't they? And yep. every Spurs fan up and down the country, or in fact abroad, is thinking it's going to be one of those games. And I'm sat there, and I can just. I'm just fearing the worst. And it didn't get any better. You know, it's alright getting off to a poor start, but at some point you're going to play yourself back into the game, you know, you're going to start stringing a few good passes together, creating chances, 
It didn't happen. The the only no. chance that I can really think of, bar the goal, was just after half time when uh, when Lucas managed to basically cut open the Liverpool defence yeah. on his own. And yeah, uh, Lamella Lamella had one which he he made by himself as well, yeah. if you remember. Um, and similar, he dragged his shot. But it it wasn't the type of chance that Tottenham created. Tottenham, no. in my eyes, have always been, you know, work two or three nice passes together, maybe a cross into the box for Kane, maybe a nice through ball, you know, he, he takes a touch, he finishes it, that kind of play. I don't think Kane had a, a sniff at goal, really. Um, no. Nope. You know, the keeper, you know, what did he cost, 67 mil? Well, we didn't, we didn't test him, you know. Nope. You've got to have some sort of shots at goal. And Liverpool... As much as people are giving them loads of praise at the moment, and they will do, and they, you know they probably deserve it because they've got off to a flyer, but in terms of their actual football, I was sat there thinking, we're we're letting them play well. You know they're not doing anything particularly fantastic. I didn't think no. their press was that that impressive, but it was in no, it was enough like, for people yeah. like Dyer and and I think Trippi had a, a really bad game to be honest. Um, he did, yeah. Every pass was just straight to them. We, we were creating our own problems. It was much the same against Inter, like the, the first 20 minutes. We, we couldn't string a pass yeah. together. And it was for that, that throughout the whole match. We could have lost 5 6 0, and in the end, it was 2 1. Um, and a, a, big, a big thank you to Michel Vorm for keeping us in the game, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think there's a bit of sarcasm there. Um, I, just, I just trolled about. 20,000 Tottenham fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it is difficult. Um, For him as a goalkeeper to come in off the back of, you know, barely any games and then, you know, you're thrown in against against Liverpool, you fear the worst. But as as much as you can say, you know, he's only second choice and what can you expect? You can expect better than he did for the the corner that led to the first goal. the, 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 The two goals... Without a doubt, he made two errors. You know that's that's the thing. He made two errors, and it led to two goals. And he'll he'll overhold his hands up to that. If he hold his hands up and caught it, it would have been better. But anyway, you know that that happens. The thing that I always think is really unfair, and it's goalkeepers, be it first choice, second choice, or whatever, is in that game. Jan Vertonghen made twenty unforced errors. Yeah, Dyer made over twenty. Um, Toby made three, four. You know, Kieran Trippier uh, again, like twenty. Or it was just all the time, and the no one is blaming them. No one is saying they made all those errors. The keeper made errors. Everybody in the team was poor. It's they're making errors because they don't trust form behind them. I uh, see. I don't buy into that. I. I I get it if they had a young youth player like so for example if we we started an academy goalkeeper because we had some goalkeeping injury crisis I would kind of get it if all of the senior defenders were like oh hell you know what what the hell's gonna go on but Vorm has been there playing with them training with them every day like Larice for the last three to four years three years at least. I refuse to believe that they're nervous with him there when other than Hugo. Because they know him. They know his game inside and out. And we've seen Vorm come in for the old game or run of games. And it's never been like this, has it? I've never experienced three defeats in a row uh, under Pochettino. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah. True, yeah, yeah it's yeah. never been like this. Um, yeah. With all that 
being said, can you drop Vaughn for Gazaniga now? Have we, have we seen enough of him to say, actually, you've had three games. In those three games, you haven't done enough. We've got a player which the fans want to see um, in yeah. Gazaniga coming to the side. What what does Gazaniga have to do to, to get in the team? If, if Vaughn's playing to the standard he is, let's say he's playing five out of ten, at what point do you drop the second choice keeper well, for the third choice keeper? Ju- what, well, what's what's before, the point in Gazaniga if you're not going to play him? Just before Matt comes in on that, because I'm sure you're sat there ready, um, I just want to say I don't think Vaughn did a lot wrong last night. I, I don't think he could have done anything about either of their goals. I think our defending was shocking. Um, I, I agree he made errors in the Liverpool game. I don't think he could have done anything about the goals versus Watford. Um, and people just seem to want to blame him. That's my opinion, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, Matt, come on in on that one. What, what do you think? Do you think it's time to drop Vorm for Gaza? No. <laughs> what, what about what about Mercenega? <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing is, the the problem as as a goalkeeper, as you, you, you all know, is that you know you, you can make a say for example, uh, the, the, the other team attack and uh, Harry Kane uh, has the ball and he loses possession, then that that team have got to go all the way to the other end of the pitch and score. You know, and ninety nine yeah. times out of hundred, it's not going to go into a goal. With a goalkeeper, he makes an error. And it's it could be crucial, you know. And unfortunately for Vaughan, he's had he's had, a, he's had a couple of mistakes he's made recently, and it, and it's really yeah. focusing on him. But in regards to Gazaniga coming in, for me personally, it infuriates me because and look, look, he, he played he played a good he played a good game against Palace. Right, he kept kept a clean sheet, um, uh, you know, pulled off a few good saves, like most keepers would. But I don't. What a lot of people don't, I think don't realise is. Like I mentioned it, and you say Mercenaria because I mentioned it in my blog uh, for the for, for the Spurs news yeah. page. But um, you know, he was South he was Southampton's fourth choice goalkeeper. He was their fourth choice, so they had their three uh, main goalkeepers, and he was the fourth choice goalkeeper. So they lo- they loaned him out to uh, Real Vallecano, who, who played in this in this uh, second division, and he was their second choice goalkeeper. Now he played most of the season because their first choice goalkeeper uh, had had a shoulder injury that basically ruled him out for the entire season after about seven or eight games. He was dreadful. You know, he made some absolutely comical errors. It, it was He was really, really poor, you know, but they had they didn't have a choice. They had to play him because they didn't have anybody else. As the season went on, he did improve, like, you know, and, and, it, and it's, uh, I've mentioned it in my blog, they say in the Spanish press that uh, it's, it's, they've been quoted as saying that he's a work in progress and that's what he is he's a work in progress and when people say oh what's the point of having him there what's the point of having him in the squad if he can't play I think Poch obviously he came he comes from the same town as, as Pochettino so they, they've got that kind of they've got that thing in common I think Poch probably seasoned him a good goalkeeper but I don't think a, he, he's a goalkeeper that's ready to, 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 be, to be playing in yeah. uh, Lloris' absence he had to play that Palace game simply because both Lloris and Vaughan were injured we literally did not have a choice but I, I think he's one of these players I mean he's still quite young he's only 26 and I think that if Poch does work with him and possibly he has worked with him over the lot you know since we've had him and, and, and maybe I mean I might be completely wrong here maybe he has worked with him to the extent that he is as good as Vaughan but when you, I don't, I think people are kind of blinkered by seeing this one performance last season, 
and they think he's a ready-made replacement for Lloris, and I don't think he is yet. And and and, and again, I know I do allude to it in my in my uh, blog, but I genuinely think the fact he's called Gaza Niga, people just like bring Gaza in, bring Gaza in, and it's just that. It, it's part of me actually thinks that's part of it. You know that, that <laughs> he's just the name Gaza. People just want Gaza in the squad. With um a, a, a daft thing, but just uh, I think it's interesting to note. Do you guys know how old he is without looking it up? I do, yeah. How old is he? Twenty six. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's not like a young keeper. We were tr- we had that kid Paul Lopez. Mm. He was a young goalkeeper who played a couple of seasons in uh, the you know La Liga and is now playing again, first choice over there and doing very well. We had the chance to sign him uh, on a free. Uh, we had him on loan. He went back and then when his contract ran out, we did have the chance. Pot met him in Spain when we did that Barcelona training camp. But the decision was made to go for Gaza instead. Um, probably just looking for a profile. I get what Dan means and I get what other fans are saying, which is, you know, if we've signed this guy and the club have identified him, the manager's identified him as a good goalkeeper, and if, for example, Vorm gets injured tomorrow, um, then surely we got a, we have faith, you know, Pot will come out and say, yeah, he's a great goalkeeper, he's going to be fine. So let's kind of flip it. Let's think about it if it was a different position. So let's say, uh, let's let's pick a position. Harry Kane isn't playing very well, needs to be dropped, you know. Or or Harry Kane's injured, Lorente's playing. Lorente hasn't scored in three games. Do you then drop Lorente and bring in our third-choice striker who would be an academy player? Or no. do you keep playing the World Cup winning, European Cup winning, experienced centre forward? Yeah, well, you know, the, it's obvious what the answer is, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, Dan, do you agree? Yeah, um, yeah, well, I, I guess in, in that sort of scenario that you, you would stick with someone like Lorente. Um, I mean, with that being said, we've, we've pointed out that Gazaniga isn't an academy player, he, he isn't young. Like no. it's got to the point where if if you're not going to play him when Vorm's not playing well, then you have to question why we signed him in the first place. That that's what I he's there the for. I think I think but, the but thing is, is sorry, mate. No, no, you carry on. I was going to say, Dan. I, I I think that the thing is, I understand what you're saying, but like it's it's quite unusual, isn't it? Like as proved last season, that a third choice goalkeeper plays that often. So he, he's there. You know, uh, like Sam said, he's there. So if if both Luis and Vorm are injured, he's there to play. But I I think that uh, that that Pochettino's brought him over to the squad to the team, and he just wants to work with him. So like I I, I, I my thoughts are that he's like he's thinking right. You know, you, you you had a bit of a mare season when you when you played in Spain. You know, you got a little bit better. You improved, so you are you can improve. You know, as a player, and there's this scope to improve. And he's even said, Gazanig, he's come out and said, "I, I want to be Spurs number Spurs' number one one day." And that, that hopefully that will happen. Like you know, if he can if he can work with him and and, and um, you, you know build on his ability, then possibly that could happen. But I, I think that he he's just he's, he's like a, like they said in, like I said that with that quote, he's a work in progress. He's not the he's not the uh, finished article, and I, I understand Sam that you're saying he's 26, so he's not yeah. young. He's not an academy work in progress. But no. goalkeepers tend to sort of play later in life, don't they? You know, you get like also like goalkeepers last look like you know you can get a 40 year old keeper that's can be as as good as a 30 year old keeper. You know, so there's plenty of time for him to improve and to become a you know a, a 
a good goalkeeper, a number one goalkeeper. But I, I just think that he, he, from what I can see, from what I've read and everything, I, I don't think that he's a, a ready-made replacement for Lloris in the first team. That's just what I think. No, I, but I also think the debate... I mean, I actually take Dan's point there. You know, I, if a player is playing badly, at what point do they get dropped? And at what point are you admitting, if you don't drop them, that your backup is terrible? Mm. <laughs> you know, because otherwise, why are they in the squad? Mm. Now, my argument actually is, at the moment, I don't think Vaughan's playing that badly. I think people... I think the team is playing badly. And I think Pochettino knows that. And I think that's why it's not a debate in his mind. I think if every goal we conceded was a warm error, like like the Liverpool goals, both of those goals are warm errors. I can point out that the defenders should have done more as well, but they were errors that he, if he'd, you know, if he'd done better, then they wouldn't have been goals. If every goal we conceded with him between the sticks against Watford, against Liverpool and against Inter were all like that, then I think he'd be dropped for the next game. But for me personally, I don't think he has been as bad as the narrative is. It's become like a Sissoko thing. Like, you know, the minute Sissoko's named, people just go, oh, he's crap. Might as well have 10 players on the pitch. The minute Vorm's in goal, people are immediately commenting saying, oh, we're going to lose straight away. And they seem to delight in it. I, I mean, I don't get that. But yeah, I, I just don't think it's... I don't think it's as simple as he's been crap. I think it's... He's not... You know, he's... If we'd lost these three games with Hugo in goal, do you think people would be screaming for Hugo to be dropped for Vaughan? And he makes mistakes. Lloris makes mistakes, doesn't he? Yeah, but no, genuine question. Dan, do you think if Hugo had played these last three games... People would want Gazaniga replacing him or Vorm? If Hugo had made the same mistakes that Vorm made against Liverpool, then yes, that there would be criticism of, of Lloris, no doubt. Criticism, yeah, but people wouldn't be screaming and blaming him and telling us he needs to be replaced. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's hypothetical. Um, yeah. You know, it hasn't happened, but Vorm's a World Cup winner. Oh, sorry. Lloris is a World Cup winner and, and Vorm isn't, yeah. so so there would be an argument that people want to keep Lloris in because he's proven and well, he's he's been our first choice for three seasons. The the, the point I will add, whilst whilst I uh, I can, I, are you guys not at all worried about set pieces? Because this season this season we've been terrible at set pieces, but particularly yeah. the last three games with Vorm in goal, and he is a smaller goalkeeper than Lloris and and, and Gazaniga. Yeah. We we definitely get targeted for set pieces, and yeah. it it it's one of those things where you just feel like it's gonna come. You know, it, yeah. it, we can be controlling a match from start to finish, and like against Watford, where you already thought we were gonna see the game out, two set pieces have have, have done us in there. Same with yeah. with Inter Milan in the last few minutes, where they were just crossing the ball in over and over again. You've got no confidence when Vaughan's in goal that he's gonna come out and claim it especially not after that Liverpool match. And we talk about the defence not potentially having any confidence in Vaughan with the ball at the feet sort of situation. What about for, for a corner when they, they've seen him come out and flap at the ball numerous times? That's not going to help at all. And it's going to give the, the opposition more and more impetus to, to basically cross balls into the box. And, and yeah. at the moment, we can't defend them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so again, I know it's hypothetical, but 
where do we go if, let's say, the manager makes the decision based on that and he brings Gaza in? You know, we've looked poor from set pieces. Let's bring in the taller keeper who's going to have to be strong, claim the ball, etc. And we play Brighton and Gaza just absolutely has a mare. You know, throws one in his own net, you know, does a Paul Robinson swing and a miss. and <laughs> You know, just as a nightmare. Do we then call up Brandon Austin? You know what? What? What do we do? I I I completely get what you're saying, and and I I totally understand it. And if the manager made the decision to make that change for the next game, I would understand it for all those reasons. Um, the fact that Larice is a World Cup winner, I mean, yeah, but then so is Lorente. It doesn't mean he starts in front of Kane. So you know, I I just generally I just think. The manager has earned or should have earned enough people's faith over the last few years. We're having a really rough time at the moment. We are for all the different reasons that are going on uh, from, you know, the captain going out and getting drunk to the stadium being delayed to the transfer window being a disaster. Just generally it's really rough. And I just generally think we, we need to stick together because otherwise it's, just going to be chaos. Agree. Mm. Yeah. Um. So let, let's move on from that. Then let's do uh, uh just very quickly. Let me just run through. So we got five players out on loan, and just because I can, and because I got a friend that does it, I've got my own little theme music for this. Do you want an update on our players that are out on loan? Good, because here it is. Right then, the loan players. Um, Josh Olimar, he is on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, and so far he's not really done much. Uh, he arrived, so kind of came in, played 20 minutes, um, and helped them come back for a draw against Stoke. He's actually playing tonight, uh, or he should be playing, I'd guess. He'll certainly make the squad, I think. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday playing Nottingham Forest tonight, so people keep your eyes open for that one. Uh, Cameron Carton Vickers played last night. Uh, Swansea lost to Stoke 1 0. Uh, he also came on as a sub, played for about 20 minutes as they drew 0 0, ironically with Nottingham Forest, which is kind of weird. It basically means Josh and Cameron have had the same fixtures on loan, just in reverse, which is <laughs> kind of weird. Um, Marcus Edwards made his debut uh, for Excelsior in Holland. It was his first start, and he grabbed an assist. It was a 2-2 draw. Um, I'd love to tell you it was some amazing assist. He basically just rolled the ball to someone who smashed it. So it was an assist, though. In the records, it's an assist. Uh, his next game is on Saturday. Um, so keep your eyes open for that. I will. Um, and we're now on Samuel Shashua, who I'm butchering, by the way. I can't say that. So I'm sorry, Sam. you got a great first name, though. Uh, he played Sunday. Uh, it was his first ever competitive start. Uh, unfortunately, his team lost 2-1, uh, but great for him to, to get some professional football. And finally, my good friend Connor, whose surname I'm not even going to try again. Either of you have any idea how to say his surname? Yeah. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> uh, Go on, Dan. I'm adamant it's Ogilvy. Ogilvy. I think you could be right. All right, go on. Well, Dan said, but my good pal Connor is not having a good time at Gillingham. Um, 
He had a great loan there last year, uh, but he's he was an unused sub as they lost 3-0 to Rochdale. Uh, the game before, he did feature and they really didn't play well then either. Uh, I think Ginnon generally aren't having a great start to the season, so poor Connor's taking the Tottenham with him, it would appear. <laughs> uh, his next game is on Saturday again against Peterborough. So that is our lone watch. Nothing amazing happening over there at the moment uh, for any of our five loners. Uh, but yeah, I'll keep an eye on that and I'll do regular updates. Uh, hopefully, the guys will get some really good experience and you never know, could be the making of Edwards especially. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, trying to move forward then, we do have a game coming up. And Matt, we are going to be playing against Brighton. Well, what are your, you know, what's your view of the Brighton game? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, you look at it, so we're, so we're six with nine points and they're 14 uh, 14th for five points, but I think they've been they've been playing pretty decent football. They've been scoring lots of goals. I mean, Glenn Murray's already yeah. scored four goals this season, so yeah. it, I think it's going to be a tough game. And you know, look, I was, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, uh, the, the game last season when it's one all, and you know, it's a different time of the season, and, and you know, it was in a different place, I guess. But you know, I, I remember it being a, it was on t- television. I remember it being a tough game. You know, it was a tough game, and I actually kind of felt a bit relieved that we'd come away with a draw. I think if I remember right, you know, so. I know it's going to be tough, but I expect us to get three points. I, I really do, and I'm just hoping that not, not only do we get three points. And I know you did say you know you take one off one of the players' rear ends, but yeah. for me, I, do, I just want to like remember the Huddersfield game last season. I think yeah. we beat them fourth. I could do. I think we could do with a game like that. Just a real confidence-boosting game. Smash a few goals in. Just get get the fans back on side. Get the players players again. Kind of you know with the right kind of attitude. And I'm hoping this game has come at the right time. I think I would have probably preferred if it, preferred it if it was a home and say home at Wembley. But I still think that we sh- we've, we've got enough to beat them. You know on on Saturday, and I really hope we do. I think if this was last season, I'd be going into it fairly confident. Yeah. Um, everything I've seen so far this season, I'm dreading it, to be honest. I uh, I really, at the moment, none of the players look like they want to do it. Um, so, like you said, we really need to see a performance. Because yeah. if we see them do that, I think it would give everybody a lift, especially yeah. them. Definitely. What about you, Dan? What do you think about the Brighton game? Uh, I've already said I'd like to see um, Kane rested. I think if there's any game where you, you think that potentially you could rest a player, it's it's against a, a bottom half of the table team, which which without disrespect to Brighton, that's what they are. So I'd like to see him, you know, on the bench to start with, and I'd really like to see a partnership of, of basically Lamella, Son, and Lucas sort of as a front three. Um, you know, like Eriksson, probably Dembele, even though I don't think he's he's been in the best form recently by any means. Um, no. And maybe like a Wanyama. I'd, I'd also like to see Dyer dropped. Um, so basically 4-3-3. Um, probably Toby and Jan at centre-backs with uh, with either Aurea, Trippier on the right and, uh, and probably Rose on the left. Um, we won't go into the goalkeeper thing again because uh, we've, we've touched on that. <laughs> but yeah, I think something a bit different, something fresh. Um, and uh, you know, I think the those sort of three up front, the sort of pace that they have, would cause Brighton all sorts of problems. So uh, I think we'll win. Um, I hope we do see like a new look team. Um, no, you know, I don't have anything against Kane. Obviously, I, I love the guy, but um, yeah, I'd like to see him just rested for his own sake more than anything. 
Okay, well, just as a, a silly side thing, then who would you give the armband to? Um, Yen Vatonga. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Okay, so uh, Matt, you're going for a, a Tottenham win? Yeah, I, 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 it's, I think it's going to be a tough game, but I, I reckon we'll win it 3 1. Ooh, oh, even put a score prediction. Yeah. Uh, Dan, are you going for a Tottenham win? Yeah, 2 0. All right, I'm going 6-0 Brian. Okay, so <laughs> we'll move on. And we're now on to the, the final, the final fun part. And I say fun in the loosest possible term. We now have the comments from social media uh, and our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Yeah, so um, I was dreading this, to be honest with you, to the point I was tempted not to actually ask anyone, <laughs> because I was kind of thinking, yeah, I've got a fairly good idea where this is going to go. Um, they're not as bad as they could have been, actually, and I'm going to substitute a few words with the word fluffy again. <laughs> but yeah, so basically we got uh, uh, Stefan. Now, Stefan, everyone I know, recorded with me last week. Uh, so, hiya, Stefan. You're not here this week because the ratings sucked. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, so, Stefan says, do I mention Inter Milan? Question mark. Do I mention our ability to throw away leads? Question mark. Do I mention Pock not knowing how and when to use subs? Question mark. Rose on for Kane? Question mark. Do I mention set pieces? Do I mention the complete difference to the last season's Spurs squad? I could go on. Stadium transfers. Only person I'm not blaming is Levy. He is making a long-term project, which is a club we should be proud of. Uh, Dan, you're right. You don't mention any... No, not Dan. Stefan, you don't mention any of that. Sod off. Right, moving on. <laughs> I think we've Dave... covered most of it anyway, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have. So Dave... Oh, Dave. What's your surname? Merlane. Merlan. Dave. Hello, Dave. It says, uh, let's discuss the form or lack of it. Also, Christian Eriksen's lack of form. Don't let the goal cloud the issue. We have touched on that, and I agree. He has been really poor to start the season. Again, here, here's something we haven't discussed. One of the things that worries me about the Ericsson form thing, he has been awful for us. And I don't, you know, just misplaced passes, lethargic, not going into tackles, just generally looking off the pace. Mm. I, now, if that was a fitness thing, when he played for Denmark, it would have been the same. When he played for Denmark, he looked like he normally does. That's the worrying thing. Mm. Does anyone think it might be okay. down to the new sort of system with Lucas and, and players learning the new roles? I mean, we've touched on Kane dropping deeper, but he's dropping yeah. into the same space that Ericsson usually occupies. Yep, and I, I agree. I, I genuinely think we've changed our system and it's not working. I, I, I think we've changed how we play to accommodate Lucas rather than Lucas changing how he plays to accommodate the team mm. and it's not working. So, uh, Dave, yeah, you're quite right. Uh, Christian Eriksen isn't playing well at the moment. Um, but why that is, I think the whole team, I just think there's a bit of an atmosphere, just generally things aren't clicking. Hopefully, once we get things rolling, it, it, it'll click into gear as well. Um, the one other thing on that, of course, is the contract thing. Uh, again, the Eriksen Delhi stuff, a month, two months ago, people were like, They've signed new deals. No idea why the club's not announced it. 
Um, a few journalists now are saying that the deals were done, but actually there's a reason they're not being signed. And it would appear that the reason is the players are kind of holding off or Daniel Levy is not available. It just like there's... And I'm I'm wondering if that's causing a problem behind the scenes because I remember when Ericsson was negotiating his last new deal, his form was atrocious. And then he signed the deal, had the picture with Pock's arm around him, and all of a sudden he was great again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember and that. I, and, I, and I wonder if... You know, the fact that there's just stuff up in the air behind the scenes, there's like uncertainty. People don't know what they're doing. It just it just feels weird. I'm possibly just clutching at straws there. Um we have Tom Colson. Tom says talk about our poor defending of set pieces, Dyer's inability to pass. I could go on. Yeah, you could, Tom. Um we've covered all of that and yeah, you're right, it's a worry. Um Adam Sasson Sasson I've done this every week so far. Adam Sasson, I'm still shocked about last night, you and me both, buddy. Um, Adam, (laughs) how long is your comment, by the way? Right, here we go. I know we didn't play well, but we controlled the game and then did something I haven't seen in a while prior to Watford and just seem to forget how to hold on to a lead or at least get a draw when things aren't going for us in the latter stages. I suppose my question to you guys, through all of this confusion, is where do you think we've gone wrong? Is it complacency within the team? As in, do you think they're believing their own hype? Is it down to Pock's heavy training, which has always been a benefit to the players? Not working well with the busy summer, um, but if so, why are Liverpool able to play so well? Um, I mean, it's a valid question. What do you think's going wrong? I mean, I've got my theory. Let's, let's go around the table, so to speak. Matt, what do you think's causing this? Yeah, I mean, there's there's different elements to it, isn't there? I mean, like you say, it might even be, you know, with, with the kind of the uncertainty with the contracts and stuff. You know, you just, you just this, this, we can just guess. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, it, it would be guessing. Dan, yeah. what do you think? Um, part of it, well, you can't avoid the whole um, World Cup hangover and and players coming back late and not signing anybody. So you know, a lot. You know, a lot of players are tired, and we don't have any fresh legs. And there's, there's, you know, that that feel good factor that we've had in recent seasons has played a big part in in how consistent we've been and how we've approached every game and, and and you know got good results. We don't have that this season. We don't even have a stadium this season. Um, there's a lot of things that are going against us, and I think, I mean, as as fans, I think we're depressed, but as players. I think something is in the back of their mind that's just putting them off. Um, you know, that, that I, we've talked so much about sort of, um, you know, uh, basically how, how a couple of games can, you know, inspire the team and make them kick on. Well, we who are desperate in need of, of those couple of games right now. Yeah. Um, the other issue that I, I have um, is, is I think teams are starting to sort of work out what's the best way to play against Spurs um, and, and that's the high press against us we seem to be really struggling with and I don't think we really have yeah. a, a plan B with that um, I don't know if it's because Kane's dropping off but we don't have that out ball of just sort of bypass the midfield and just bang it up to sort of Kane yeah. um, even if you played somebody yeah. like Lorente it'd give you that option just somebody high up the pitch to, to, to pass to and, and you know skip that that uh, that pressure yeah. um, so um, th- there's problems yeah. but 
I don't think you can pinpoint one one reason for it, and that's that's the, the issue really. Okay, um, there was one thing I, I it's kind of occurred to me just recently, and I've been watching the players, and they seem to be just not themselves or not at it as much as they have been in the past, and. I did wonder, you know, I, I looked at us not signing anyone and kind of at the time I thought, well, if we couldn't sign our targets, then I agree it's better to keep the players, keep moving forward than it would be to sign crap, basically. You know, it, I'd rather us sign an nobody than another unkudu. Yeah. So that's mm. where my head was. My My worry now, though... It's kind of like the players that are there are like, well, I'm first team. Who's, who's going to take my shirt? You know, Dyer's playing like a guy who literally can't be dropped. Well, Wanyama's coming back to fitness, and I'd like to see Wanyama start yeah. against Brighton. Same. And I I think that would uh, help Dyer kick back into gear. Um, but also, you've got a situation where you've got three players at the club who openly wanted to leave. Uh, Dembele, Rose and Toby they can all kind of try and do a nice little bit of PR now but they all tried to leave, they all wanted out and if you're Sanchez and Toby's getting picked ahead of you after signing your new 6 year deal then you're going to be a bit like well hang on a minute, last season he wasn't committed enough and you know, now all of a sudden nothing's changed but we didn't sign anyone so we're stuck with him you know i i'm wondering if there's just an atmosphere because no business got done you know the the players who were kind of like see you later were off are now back <laughs> pox trying to wipe the slate clean he's even said that himself mm-hmm. you know yeah the slate's clean everyone starts from zero well he, if he's able to do that it doesn't mean all the players are and you don't know what happened. I, I personally still believe, from things that I was told, there are a lot of players who are still really hacked off with Danny Rose's interview in the Sun. Mm. You know, a lot of, like, Harry Kane, for one, like Tottenham through and through, really didn't like it. Um, and yeah, they can all move on, they can be professional, but, you know, professional because you know he's leaving at the end of the season is different to, well, what the hell... Hang on a minute, what's going on? The the guys, these people who were so openly, we don't want to be here, were off, are now still here, and are getting picked ahead of other people who were working their asses off. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it, you know, you know what I mean. We're just theorizing loads of different things, but it, it just with the lack of business, both incoming and outgoing in the summer, is where I, I'm worried that perhaps that's having more of an effect than we realized it would. You know, not just making marquee signings, but just not doing anything at all. Just has left things a little bit stale. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we could win our next three games, and all of a sudden, you know, it's all forgotten. So, uh, the next comment on here is from someone whose surname I don't even think I'm going to attempt. Her first name's Julie, though. Julie, if you're listening, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Shall I try? Su- Suji one. Julie Suji one. Julie, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you make it sound says, like a Star Wars character. <laughs> I think she is. She says, okay, morale is a bit low at the moment, but I'm sure we can turn it around. Bless you, Julie. Uh, we still believe... I have a question, though. Which one player should we buy to improve the squad right now? So let's go round again. Matt, which one player, if you could sign one player? Let's call it a realistic player. Who would I you sign? Like- 
I, I, do you know what? I'd, I still say a, a player like Zaha, I would have loved to have seen yeah. him here, and I still would love to see him at the, the team now, in the team now. Yep. Definitely. Okay, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I was literally going to say Zaha. I mean, you've, you've yeah. got all the big names, but, you know, you said realistic. Zaha's the one yeah. that. Even though it's the start of the season, he hasn't been on top form. He's still finding the net. He's still winning oh, games for, for for Palace, and and that's what we're really missing. So yeah, Zaha would have been my shout as well. Uh, and mine. So there we go. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And last thing on here is just from Matt Hope, ironically named, and he just says unity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you, Matt Hope. I got a fellow Matt um, that's positive. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon that's your alter ego. Stop setting up Facebook accounts so you can comment and get read out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it from the comments. Um, thank you for everybody who got involved. Appreciate that. Uh, and thank you for all the people who were screaming ab dabs for not commenting so I didn't have to read them out. I appreciate that as well. I mean, that's it, guys. There's nothing else really to say. I mean, we've tried to put a positive spin on it, but I think all three of us are kind of scratching our heads at what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's perhaps where every Tottenham fan is at the moment. I think everybody's just like, you know, what the hell? Um, I think the only... I'll tell you what, here's a positive. Should we end on a positive? Yes. Tottenham ladies... Oh, they amazing. went. They went away in the Conti Cup. It's a League Cup competition sponsored by Continental Tires, and they went away to Yeovil Ladies, who are actually the league above. Yeovil Ladies are in the Super League, and our Tottenham are in the Championship, one division down, the second tier of football for women in England. And not only did we win away to a team in a higher league, we won four nil. Awesome, easy. Yeah, stuff. isn't that fantastic? Um, and also, I'm delighted to say that we as Spurs News are going to be getting involved uh, with the Spurs ladies even more and we're going to be sponsoring two of their players for the season. Fantastic. Um, yeah, great. Uh, we'll talk about more um, over the next few weeks. Uh, we're hopefully going to get them on here along with a few other players as well just to just to get people more you know, into it, learn a lot more about the Spurs ladies team and, and we'll kind of go from there. But they're doing great, you know, really pleased with them and they're actually back in action today as well. Uh, they've got a really busy period right now, like the men's team and everybody else. Um, so yeah, they uh, they won 4-0 away and I think they're home today, back in the league. So awesome. good luck to them tonight. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, the only last thing then is to promote the upcoming big interview which is where Matt is going to be going and sitting down with Tottenham legend Mickey Hazard. How are you feeling about that, Matt? Yeah, the roving reporter that I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Are you? I'd be yeah. nervous given oh. the way social media's been the last few weeks and the way Mickey, you know, you know, Mickey is on Twitter right now threatening to sue a fan for you know, defamation of character. So if uh, I was you going there, I'd be terrified. I like. I think that I think me, me and him will find common ground because he's very much of the opinion that you're mental if you think it's the end of the world right now. That's exactly I know. What I, think. I know. I'm just winding you up. Yeah, no, Mickey's a good guy. Um, he, he's a Tottenham fan. You know, the fact he played for. Us, it just makes it, it make you know he's a club legend yeah. um but he is a spurs fan he gives an opinion 
Uh, he's an ambassador role for the club, so people seem to think that means his opinion's written for him by Daniel Levy. I don't get that. I don't understand the the logic in that. But anyway, we'll you'll get to chat to him. He's gonna you're gonna put questions to him next week, which have come from the Facebook page. Uh, we've taken out the fake taxi one after I googled that. That's my search history done in for the next year. Thanks for whoever did that one. Um, but yeah, guys, look, this has been fun. It's our first ever freeway, uh, you know, with you guys anyway. Uh, plenty of freeways to come with Laura, I hope. But um, <laughs> see, I had to mention her because I knew she'd feel left out if I didn't. Um, but yeah, so a big thank you, guys, and a big thank you to everybody for listening. Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Yeah, take care, everyone. Dan, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. And we hope you have sweet dreams, boys and girls. <laughs> Until next week, we're out. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>